I'm Jess. Hi, I'm Heidi. We have 30 years combined experience in the beauty industry that we want to share with you. We want to help you build a strong foundation for a better beauty business. I'm good. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Good. Um, today, I think we're going to talk a little bit about professionalism. Oh, you know? very important. Yeah, and so professionalism is, you know, like, well, it's not just like wait. So I can't come to work with like a low cut top on, my hair up in a top bun. I haven't showered in like four days. Well, you, not appropriate. Uh, you can, but that's going to draw a certain type of clientele. Do you think it'll draw any clients? Maybe, maybe. Yeah, so, you know, but there's some things a, that are in fashion right now that probably still are not work attire. Yeah. Well, and then you have to, you know, you, you have to think, you have to be able to be around a wide variety of people right. in, in, in ages. You may be 20, but you're going to be working on someone who's 30, 40, 50, 60. So right. you cannot be wearing, like, a short mini skirt and bending over and showing your thong you know, to your clients. You cannot do it. Well, and I don't think anyone wants to see that anyways. No. I mean, I guess unless you're in a barber shop and you're doing barber stuff and it's just all dudes. Well, but, but I don't think they even want to see it. Those are usually old guys who are talking football and they're, you know, old Boy. war stories. My grandfather used to go to his favorite barber right. shop yeah. to visit with his guys. He didn't want to see anything like that. I know. I don't. Yeah. It's People, just, it's so, not cool. So remember, there's a lot of parts to professionalism that we're going to talk about. Dress is a big part of it because that is the first thing they see. Yes. And, and you have to understand, you know, whether we like it or not, what the first thing that we see in a person is the very first judgment that you make about right. that person. And, but don't get me wrong. We are in a fashion beauty industry. You can dress absolutely fashionable, classy, beautiful, and still be very artistic. Yeah. You don't have to, you know, run around in, I mean, there's some club fashions that are great for the club. Yeah. Those are not work fashion. It's, you are still at work dealing with a variety of different types of people. Exactly. And and you, you're going to have to remember that you can't, that, you know, like you just have to be careful about not offending someone. And I don't mean like, you know, how things are offensive now, like, oh, you hurt my Everything, feelings right. because you said something. But I mean, you know, like there are women who don't want to see your breasts. Well, and there's also people who would prefer that, pretty much everybody would prefer this, that you didn't have an F-bomb across the front of your shirt. Right. Like, like you need to watch some of that. Actually, all of that, because people want to trust that you're a professional and professionals know what to wear in the presence of other people. And right. you are judged on it. I mean, no you matter are. what, you you're are. judged on yeah. it. So, like, um, I think the first thing is, uh, the first thing I worry about when I'm getting dressed in the morning is what will be comfortable and appropriate. Right. So, you know, like, as much as I would love to wear pajama bottoms because I sit behind a table and no one sees me, I still do have to get up and walk around at times. Correct. So I wear things that are comfortable that I'm going to be, because I'm going to be sitting in it all day. Right. And um, I also have to make sure that I'm wearing something that is not like, 
I don't buy super expensive clothes to wear to work. Right. Because I have gotten nail polish or bleach or, you know, something on my on my clothes. And so that's a really big thing that you have to think about. Right. Um, and that's for anybody in any of the industries. Yeah, exactly. Hair dye gets on your things, yeah. wax and oil, yeah. nail stuff. Though it, you're not going to splash it everywhere, there's just a chance it could. Right. And you so don't, don't want to wear your $300 jeans to work and then have, you know, like a bleach splatter on the side or exactly. something. Like that would be terrible. So, um, you know, I I wear, I do wear some leggings. Um uh, but usually my top is a little bit more professional, you know, like I'm not wearing leggings, and, you know, I'm not. But you're not wearing crop tops. No. You're I, wearing more. Like I like, have, like today I have on a pair of leggings and a sweater. Right. Um, and, but you can wear things that I can't, where you can wear a little more of a V-neck top, but where I bend over people all yes. day long, if I choose to wear a V-neck top, people can be looking at my top. Right. And no one wants to see that. So if I choose to wear a V-neck top, I then always put something under it. Exactly. Well, and then, like, you have to understand, during, like, when I work, when I don't have a lot of clothing shifting. Right. But uh, hairdressers do, so estheticians do. You have to, you have to make sure that the clothes that you're wearing, like, if you, if they're shifting while you're working, your boob doesn't just fly out of the top. Well, and the other thing is, your pants are falling off. I don't wear a lot of tank tops because no one wants my underarms in their face. No. When I'm waxing or other estheticians who do more facials, I don't know that I need their armpit right next to me. Right. And you don't need big flowy sleeves because you're constantly pulling them up and touching them. Well, or so, they're hanging in your client's face. Exactly. So you do have to think about what you choose to wear on what you do for your profession. Right. Because, you know, like technically there's a lot of things, you know, that you can wear that will work, but there are some, you know, that don't work that you need to pay attention to, I think. Right. Absolutely. So, um, and then this is like a, really a, like an optional thing. Like some, some professional, like the beauty professionals like to wear, you know, an apron or a smock. Right. And some don't. Right. Um, so. And I, some are required to. Yes. Um, some consign, or consignment, um, commission salons will require it as part of the uniform right and some booth rent will also require certain uniforms as part of their um a uniform even though you are booth renting yeah they still when you sign a contract they may say all estheticians need to wear scrubs or you know they, they have certain outfits on guidelines that they want the salon's feel to be right and so if it's more like a spa feel or, right or correct they're going to want you to wear more things that are spa-like. Or with nail techs, sometimes they will have them all wear a certain color smock just so everything matches. And some salons will have everybody wear a smock. Maybe it's not all the same. Right. But they do require it. Well, and I know, like, I don't, I don't, but when we were in school, we were required to wear a smock. Right. And, you know, a lot of that is just to keep yourself clean. Right. And you can take it off and wash it. You don't get hair dye or wax on your clothes. Right. Um, so I've done, I've worked with an apron. I've worked without an apron. I've worked with the smock. I prefer an apron. <clears throat> um, the smocks I get kind of warm in. Okay. But uh, for me, I prefer an apron because really the only part of me that is going to get stuff on it is the front part of me, not the back part of me. So I don't really worry about 
covering the back of my body. Um, And aprons are longer than smocks. Right. So because they're longer, it, it, it helps cover up, you know, my pants as well. Right. And I am dusty, like super dusty. And so what that has helped with is that I go home with a less, you know, with less dust on myself than I do when I'm not. Because I didn't wear an apron for a while. And I would go home and, like, my clothes, like, I would walk and you'd see puffs of nail dust flying off of me when I was going to be like like we live in Wyoming it's really windy here and so like you could I'm walking out and it looks like you just dumped your vacuum out into the wind like it's kind of crazy or what's his name from Charlie Brown yeah pig pen (laughs) pig pen with this little cloud of dust everywhere (laughs) that's totally me yeah so um I found that wearing the apron is actually really helpful with that um and I have found that I just wear clothes that fit correctly mm -hmm. I'm more of a jeans three-quarter sleeve fitted top I don't do a lot of button downs because things can pop open. I put a lot of my clothing fits pretty well, but not too tight. Right. And it doesn't move. My tops tend to be a little longer, so they never slide up. I don't want to have to worry about or touch my clothing at any point during my day. My um, biggest thing, I don't wear a smock, though, but unless you're splashing wax around, which is a huge mess, you really don't need to. A lot more... You find it more with estheticians who are doing more skincare because you're dealing with hot towels and creams Mm -hmm. and different things that you might wipe your hands on yourself or you might spill some lotion. Those, you definitely want to wear something a little more. You'll notice like a lot of of hairdressers and nail technicians wear a cape or an apron or they wear something. Just to protect their clothes. To protect their clothes so that, because you know, hairdressers, if you're not wearing one, you've got hair everywhere. Well, or when you mix up your color in the back with a whisk, you could shoot it right onto your white top. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, you just have to look at what you're doing and what you're working with and what you're also willing to risk. Mm -hmm. But if you get it on your apron, you just change your apron. Exactly. And then you still look nice through the day. Right, you just wash your apron. Right. And that is something you should always have more than one. Right. You know, and the other thing I have like two or three. Well, and the other thing to think about is, like with Heidi, she's sitting all day. She can wear whatever shoes she wants. That's true. With me, I am standing constantly. So I actually have, and we're on a concrete floor. Mm-hmm. So I do have a nice memory foam mat that is in my hole only for me to stand on. And I also generally wear like a memory foam type shoe. They're not, it's not a they're comfy cute. Ten, yeah, a comfy yep. tennis shoe or something. But I don't wear, and I don't wear a lot of tennis shoes because I don't like the lace up. No, you wear like the slip-on tennis. I do like the slip-ons because they tend to stretch with my feet a little. Mm-hmm. But they're also a little less expensive. Yes. And I replace them every six months. Right. Because I'm standing so much that I do just toss them and get a new pair. Right. Because I am in them constantly. Yeah. But I just go with, you know, a neutral color. People aren't really looking at my feet. My feet need to be comfortable because I am standing all day long. Well, I mean, and for me, I, you know, like I, in the summertime, I have more cute sandals and stuff. In the winter, I, you know. Well, and you have to watch with the sandals and the open toe, though, with your state board. Yeah. Because, so you do have to check with shoes on, in um, your state board because some, I think most anymore, you're not allowed to have open toe in hair salons. Because of the scissors and stuff. I'm not sure about that. Well. I think it depends on your state. It probably does depend on the state, but I know there's something with safety. It's been a while since I worked with a hairdresser. But when I did, 
they both wore sandals. Right. And so I just know that there are some states who don't allow it for safety. Right. Because if you drop something on it or, right, you know, and really that hair gets everywhere and it can actually get under your skin. Oh, it gets, you get your hair slivers. Yeah. It gets under your, it goes into your toenails. Well, it's... and you're standing all day. You don't want to be in some cute little pumps all day long for a 12 hour shift every day. Some girls will do it for the first year or two. Yeah. And then they are in the most comfortable shoes ever. You know, and, and we're not, like you can find a really nice, cute pair of shoes that are comfortable. Well, and I don't wear orthopedic there. shoes. I'm, no. Mine are actually pretty cute usually. Yeah. And, but I just try not to spend a ton of money because I do replace them pretty often. Yeah. And uh, so like for me, uh, there are a little few things that I uh, watch out for. Like when I wear suede, the dust gets stuck in the suede. Right. Um, they're like when I wear certain, if I wear a slip on mule type shoe, um, the dust will get into the shoe right. under my feet in between my toes. So there are things that I've learned that I'm just like, well, if I'm going to wear that, I need to wear socks or, right. you know, I just need to not wear that at work or, right. you know, and that's just a, a, it's a personal thing. Well, and I find the other thing too is have clothes that you just wear to work so that when you're not at work, you don't feel like you're at work. Right, exactly. Even if you don't have a uniform, it's kind of nice just to have work clothes. Right. That are your work clothes, and then you have clothes that you change into or that on weekends you wear out that you never wear to work so that you don't feel like you're always in your same work clothes. Right, like, you know, have a more neutral neutral clothing for work and right. then you can you know throw a splash of color in here or there but then when you're home you have your home attire right. which you can dress however you want you can be as crazy right. as you want you, you know it doesn't matter but when you're at work you know it's important that you are wearing things that are you know appropriate for your body type appropriate for the um business that you're in well and also when it comes down to that jewelry yeah, I don't wear a lot of jewelry because I'll wear earrings now and then, but I don't like things rubbing up against my face and I'm moving and I'm bent down a lot mm -hmm. and I don't wear rings because I constantly am changing gloves. Yep. So rings would just tear that. So I don't even wear rings. I don't wear necklaces very often because they, if they're long, which is the ones I like, they tend to hang down. So I really try to make it so that my outfit does not interfere with my job. Right. And like for me, I don't wear bracelets. Right. Um, because they just are in the way. Right. And, you know, I can't lay my wrist down flat or my arm down flat or, right. you know, there's just, there's different things. Um, I mean, it just in the last few years, I started wearing uh, my Apple watch and that's only because the bands, I can get a band and it's very flat. Right. And it's not, you know, it, I'm not bruising my wrist. Well, and that's with me too. I just started wearing an Apple watch, what, last year? Yeah. And mine is more so that um, I can see who's calling because I don't answer the phone when I am with a client. Right. But, excuse me, I can easily send calls to voicemail mm -hmm. so that people can leave me messages and I can get back to them. Right. But um, I don't wear any other jewelry because it yeah. just interferes with my job. And I don't want to take any more time away from my job to fix my ring or, you know, pull my pants up every day or do all of that. I want to make sure that when I come into work, I'm ready to work. Right. And I, and I, I can get away with wearing a lot more jewelry, but I don't. Right. Like I have my wedding ring and then I have another ring that I like to wear on my other hand. I, sometimes I wear it. Sometimes I don't, 
But I, my hand, you know, like you, you can wear as many as you want. You can do whatever you want. It's what you're comfortable with. Right. Um, I have, you know, I always wear a small pair of hoops in my ears, but that is just something that I've always done. Um, I don't wear necklaces generally because I'm wearing an apron. You're not going to see that anyway. Right. So if you're doing it so that you can, you know, if you're, you know, like getting fancy dressed up so that you can go to work because you think people are going to be paying attention to that, you're going to be throwing an apron or a smock on. And so no one's going to see your, you know, you know, I don't know, diamond necklace or pearl necklace or whatever it is. I mean, really when it comes down to it, it's what you're wearing. And then onto the next thing is, your cleanliness. Yes. Yes. You They're going to notice that. Yes. Um, you've got to be, you have to be showered. You and, and you work in the beauty industry. You need to have your hair done. You, you know, it's fine to show up every now and then, you know, with a kind of a like ratty bun. Right. But if it is just something that you're like throwing your hair up into a nasty whatever every right. time and it just looks like a mess... People notice. Well, people notice that. And then they're thinking, okay, so I'm relying on this person who looks terrible to make me look good. And not saying you have to come to work with a full face of makeup because if that is not you. Oh, no. You absolutely do not need to do that. But you can't come in with, I mean, really a whole bunch of facial hair and your eyebrows unkempt because people are looking at you as an example also of what you can do and what can be done exactly so you do need to have two eyebrows right you know even if they're drawn on you need to have two of them well and if your hair is colored it needs to be kept up right and have beautiful fun colors you're in this industry yeah but if you're going to have greens and purples and stuff you can't have six months of grow out that you haven't done anything with a nasty faded yeah you just you have to keep up on that but showering and making yourself Feel as comfortable in your own skin as possible. Yeah. Not comfortable in your pajama skin. No. But in your, you come to work, you're ready to work, you're clean, you're put together. And the last thing that you're worrying about is is what you're wearing. Right. Or how you look. Yep. And, you know, and I don't wear a lot of makeup and you no. don't wear a lot of makeup. Mm-hmm. I love makeup. But in general, I wear my sunscreen. I take really good care of my skin. Yeah. And I wear mascara, draw on some eyebrows and. Yeah little lip gloss and I'm good to go but when you take really good care of your skin also which you have every opportunity to in this industry because you work with great estheticians um there's no reason not to exactly that you should be the prime example Mm -hmm. of what you can look like with as what do they call it Minimal effort is what it looks like. Yes. But there's a lot of work that goes into looking very minimalist. Mm-hmm. And and you can still be... I know lots of girls who start out looking super flashy and they look beautiful. Right. But by the end of the day, they take off half the jewelry and their earrings are off. And, yeah. you know, and they're just like, oh my gosh, what did I do? I put on way too much. This shirt's driving me crazy. And Yeah. You just, you know, just kind of, kind of pay attention to comfort and cleanliness and um you know looking professional if you come to work completely put together clean ready to work you're awake you're ready to do your job and you are not bothered by your clothes you are going to be able to offer a client 
a much better job and they are going to know that you're going to get in there, get them done on a timely manner. Yeah, they'll have more confidence in you for sure. Absolutely. And you'll make more money. Yeah. So, um, you know, like the personal hygiene's, you know, important. Huge. Yeah. Wear deodorant. Yeah. Now, perfume is a whole different thing. And that is really on a person-to-person basis, I think. But you'll find that some of your clients are sensitive to yeah. to, to perfumes. So if you wear it, wear something really light that you don't wear really heavily. Or um, just get like a really nice smelling like body wash or... Well, and you know, when I was in makeup school, the very first piece of advice my teacher gave me, and she had owned a salon mm-hmm. for years and years, was don't. Yeah. Just come to work clean you are there to work. You're not there to draw attention. Well, there's Plus, enough smells uh, in a salon. That there, that's the other thing is there's so many smells already, and a lot of people are allergic to perfume. Yeah. So, and then think about it, you're in a salon with 20 other guys and gals, and everybody's wearing something. Yeah. Holy cow. You would just feel overwhelmed. So the best thing is to be clean Always and err. unscented, yeah. really. Always err on the side of caution. Yeah. So, you know, that's, uh, that's also important to, you know, I know a lot of women love to wear perfume, but it just is something you got to be a little bit careful of when you are working around others. It's actually one of those things that you could just save for your not work attire. Exactly. And wear it all the time. Right. When you're not at work. Exactly. But. And then, so along with the cleanliness um, goes the, you know, like keeping everything in good repair. So if your apron is looking bad, get a new one. Right. Um, if you've stained a pair of pants, don't continue to wear those to work. Well, if your shoes have holes in them, like, what are you doing? And go back to the last um, podcast we did about budgeting. Yes. And review that if you say, well, I can't afford a new one. Right. Because you should always have money well, for a new don't apron. Have to, you do not have to buy, like, I bought, you don't have to buy your aprons um, at a beauty supply. You can buy your apron. Like for me, I don't need a waterproof apron, right. so which is awesome. But you can also I buy aprons on Amazon, and then I have um, added like gemstones, or you know, like I've done other right. things with it to make it a more personal type of thing. But I don't like. There's no reason for you to go to a beauty supply store and spend like twenty five dollars on an apron. Right, but you can. Yeah, you can. You absolutely can because some places you're going to be in a smaller town, and the only place they have is a beauty supply, and you're going to just need to just go and get one that day. Right, and that is absolutely okay too. Just make sure that you look good. Yeah, you are representing once again yourself which is your reputation and your business. Yes. And your brand. You are now a brand. Yeah. And if they're like, oh, there's that there's that girl or there's that guy who always has the holes in their pants and kind of smell bad. They're amazing at what they do, but I don't really want to go because, God, they just smell horrible and I have a headache when I leave. And they always look like they just rolled out of bed. Right. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to find someone a little more put together. Well, yeah, I mean, you you have to have walked around places like Walmart and looked at people and been like, oh, my God. Right. I mean, did this person just wake up and just get in their car and drive here? Oh. Did they sleep in their car in the parking lot? Well, and I've seen, I've talked to plenty of people in this industry who are like, oh, yeah, I do nails. Oh, I do hair. And I think, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm just on lunch. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. Gross. Well, and the other thing is, I hate to see your salon. 
if you don't care enough to shower. Yeah, if you're not clean, your salon's not clean. Right. I mean, because if you can't even take care of your own cleanliness, you're not worrying about anything else. Right. Your salon's probably very unkempt. And exactly. people are not going to come into a salon that's dirty. No. Um, so, you know, like, think you have to be very careful with that kind of stuff. And, and then as a nail tech, I am actually absolutely appalled that this happens. But I've known two or three nail techs who bite their fingernails. And... Um, I find biting your nails one of the most foul things. Well, and I was a nail biter growing up Yeah. until we went to cosmetology school. And even as estheticians, we learned about all the diseases under your nails yeah. and germs. Yeah. I have not bought, bit my nails since then. I am a picker and it yeah. drives Heidi crazy. It does. She picks everything off. But that besides, you know, like it's just if you are a nail tech, your nails should look nice. Right. You should not, you know look like you've gnawed all of your fingers. Correct. You know, they shouldn't look bloody or red or irritated. Right. You shouldn't have tons of hangnails. Like your hands, you are going to have to take a little bit of time to work on yourself and your hands so that you are... Once again, you're a brand. Yeah, so that you are, you know, kind of showing what you can do. And and I do my own nails. Now, I, not everybody can do that. Right. But I think it's something that you can learn, and I think everybody who is a nail technician should learn it. Right. Because if you can do it on yourself, you can sell yourself. Well, and when you're out in public and people go, oh, my God, I love your nails. Who does them? And you go, oh, I do. Yeah. And, and then go, you just oh. hand out business cards. Correct. Because you are advertising your brand. Exactly. Once again. Exactly. You know, on my end, like I have great skin genetically, but I also take very good care of my skin, and that was probably part of my genetics as my mother always made sure we took very good care of our skin. Right. But I also do waxing, so I make sure my brows are always done. I don't have a mustache. I you mean, know, I'm, you know, there's some parts you can't. I, you know, you don't walk around, you know, showing yeah, off you your can't. legs and your Brazilian but if, everywhere. But if she's wearing shorts to work or something, right. she's her legs are waxed. Yeah. Or, right. or at least shaved. Always waxed. But always, always waxed, waxed for her. Um <laughs> But you have to, you know, these are things that are important. Right. You have to take pride hair, in it. If you're a hairdresser who doesn't do hair on yourself, what makes you believe that your clients are going to think you're good at what you do? Exactly. And a lot of um, stylists do get their hair done by other people, but make it a priority. Yeah, you need to do it. You need to go in every four to six weeks and get that done. Make it a priority. Yeah. See, and I'm... With waxing, I don't, because I've never had long nails, I don't believe that I can work with long nails. We've tried to do a whole bunch of stuff. I can't do it. Well, and the wax sticks to everything. The wax sticks to everything. And then the wax remover, if I get it on it, it causes them to lift. Mm -hmm. So I don't tend to have anything. You know, now and then we paint them. I usually just try to keep them clean. They're still chipped and they peel a little. But I'm in gloves all the time. Yeah. And... For the most part, my, it, you know, they're not terrible. They don't look great, my nails, but <laughs> they're not dirty. No. They're not dirty. They're always clean. Mm -hmm. But when I'm working, I have gloves on. No one's looking at my nails going, oh, you should get your nails done. Because yeah. I have gloves on and that's all that they care yeah. about when I'm doing what I do. Exactly. So, you know, you just have to be, you know, on top of things. Right. You need to, you need to present yourself every day absolutely because you're representing where you work 
you're you're representing the salon you're working in, whether you're booth renting or commission, it doesn't matter. Nope. If you're booth renting in a salon, you represent that salon. But you also represent yourself. Exactly. Because people will still walk into that salon and be like, yeah, I don't want to go to that girl. Or exactly. I don't want to go to that guy. Yeah. Because they maybe saw you out, you know, and you hadn't had your hair done for eight months. And they were like, uh, you know, I'm going to go over there to that girl who looks totally put together. Exactly. So just... We're not saying you have to have a certain style. You just have to have some kind of yeah. style. You have to have something. You have to look put together. Yeah. You've got to be. No matter how you're put together. Yeah. You have to be put together. Yeah, you do. Um, so then, you know, then that, that, and then professionalism, I think, has a lot to do with your time management. Oh, absolutely. Because if you are late all the time, you're unprofessional. Even if you're doing a service and you are constantly running right. late. You are, that is an unprofessional thing. You, if you say that a service is 30 minutes, it should take 30 minutes. Right. It should not take you 40 minutes. And, you know, there are those times because I run very strict on my time schedule and my clients, that's how I built my clientele. Yeah. People love that they can come in and out on their lunch break and get waxed and go. But there are those moments when your client needs you a little more. Yeah. And... They need to sit and talk a little more or they come in and they just totally break down and start crying. I'm not like, okay, get out. Right. I just, I let them finish. And then I always apologize to the next client once they've left. And I tell them that I was running late. Right. I'm not like, oh, they're having a nervous breakdown. Right. You know, because sometimes you just need to have a safe space to have a nervous breakdown. Exactly. It just can't be a constant thing. Right. But be there for your clients. That's how you build relationships. Right. But then, you know, you've also got to, you've also got to say to your clients, I've had clients who, uh, like, I'm done doing their nails and they're just sitting in my chair chatting. Right. And I'm just kind of like, uh, and my next client is on the couch waiting. Right. But those are some consistent clients who are yes. pretty much all the time kind of like. I'm well, seeing them every two weeks. Right. And they, every two weeks, want to sit for an extra half yeah. an hour and talk. Yeah. And you're like, you need to get up. And at that point, you almost have to. um you know, when your next client sits down and they're like, you know, every time they're scheduled, they do this. And you're like, well, yeah, you know, we can both work together to help yeah. them well, and nicely. There, you there know? Are, there's a few clients that I have where I actually just allot myself more time because right. I know it's going to take more time. Right. And I do have a couple clients like that, too, who are way more sensitive. One, or who I've got people who just chat a lot. Right. Or, they're, or they move their hands a lot. Right. Or I just know, you know, I can't be yelling at them all the time, like, sit still or right. stop moving or stop talking. Don't right. ask me questions. Like... You know, you can't do that. So there are just a certain people that I might give an extra 15 minutes or an extra 30 right, but minutes. You, you generally plan for that. I do. And every now and then, you're just going to run late. When there's a snowstorm, I, uh, my clients are always five minutes late. But it's yeah. fine because they're all five minutes late. Right. And then... And, and you can also, like, if you do run late, it, if you are, like, 10 minutes late then you need to let the client who's coming in behind that right. client know. Right. If they're not already there, you should be shooting them a text or calling them on the phone saying, hey, I'm running 10 minutes late. I am so sorry. Right. But but that gives most of them, they go, I can stop for a coffee yeah. or something. I'll be in. Then, then they're not just sitting there staring at you wondering why. Yeah, and getting aggravated because, like, seriously, the lady in the chair should shut up so that you can get right. your nails done. Well, and I've learned from experience because I have a lot of clients who've just had babies. I see them through their whole pregnancy. Well, they come in for a wax, you know, and they have their brand new baby. Mm -hmm. And they're notoriously late yes. because, well, brand new babies 
make you late for things. Yeah, unless so, you've had a bunch of them already and, and you know what, you know, you have a routine. Like right. it takes you Or you time. absolutely have someone who's going to stay with them. Mm-hmm. A lot of my clients don't. So I just let them know. We wax them before they have the baby. And then I just let them know, you know, I usually book you a 15-minute appointment. But for your two appointments following your the birth of your child, I'm booking you 30. Right. I said, because you're going to try to be here on time and you won't make it. Yeah. And it gives them that little bit. Yeah, I could be like, well, too bad you aren't here. Mm-hmm. But it gives them that, okay, I know I could breathe a little. And they're going to stay clients. Yeah, they'll appreciate that you've that you've gone out of your way for them. But then I've also planned that so the rest of my day isn't late. Exactly. Because I know they're more than likely they're going to be late. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so then you, I, you know, I, preparedness is a good thing to to help you be professional, like coming to work 10 minutes early so that you can make sure that you have your station set up. Right. Um, you have your apron on, you have your towels where they need to be. You've got, you know, everything set so that when that client walks in the door, they just have to sit down in the chair and you start working on them. Well, and. Like for myself, because everyone will come in and I'll have clients walk in right after me, even if I get here 10 minutes early yeah. mm-hmm. and they'll, which is fine, but they'll be like, oh, do you need time for the wax to warm up? Well, I have planned ahead and my wax is on timers mm-hmm. that goes on at four in the morning. So when I start work at nine o'clock, they are the perfect temperature and I can walk in the door and start working. Now, here's another thing. So it's awesome. Like if my, if your clients show up early, right? but I have a client, you know, and she's a client of yours as well, who is like 15 minutes early to every single appointment. And she's my first appointment of the day. Right. So there are times when I get to work and I'm 15 minutes early and she's sitting here waiting. Right. So at that point um I don't actually really say a whole lot right but when she comes in I'm like go ahead and make yourself comfortable I have to do a few things to get started for my day right now she has to then be understanding because she showed up 15 minutes and she is generally great oh she's awesome and she comes I mean yeah she's always awesome she's not generally she's always awesome she's awesome but she knows she's always early yeah and 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 she usually says you know what I'm not in a hurry you take your time do what you need to do every and if client you have clients like that just know you don't have to be rushed. Right. And if you have a client who's like, okay, well, I want to start right now, then that's when you have to maybe not unlock your door and tell exactly like two minutes before their appointment time. Or you or you have a conversation with your client right. and you say, look, I appreciate that you're early, but I have to give myself such and such amount of time right. to prepare for my day. Right. And so as much as I would love to start early on you, I, I have to prepare for the Correct. whole day. You know, there there are conversations that you have to have with your clients. And right. they're not always easy conversations. Right. But in order for them to see you as a professional, as being more professional, right. you have to talk to them like a professional. Right. And they have to understand that, you know, as much as you would love to be at their beck and call 24-7, you cannot be. Right. You do have to prepare for your day and your life and for well, you know, and other I things. I think bigger salons like a commission salon or even a bigger booth rent salon do have a lot more options where maybe they come in the back door, the front door is not open. Right. You know, they and really do have a little I, more opportunity. I guess we could come in the back door, but we don't park in the back. Right. So the big thing is give yourself that time to prepare for your day. Mm-hmm. I really try, when I leave at night, I mean, obviously clean up everything. Yes. Everything's done. But when I come in first thing, I, I always go in, I throw a load of laundry in from the, you know, the last stuff from the night before, because I don't leave it just sitting. Right. So I throw a load of laundry in, I put my lunch away, you know, I walk through, make sure everything's cleaned up. We make sure we have enough coffee cups. Everything's kind of set up. 
because like I said, my wax is on a timer. I'm ready to go there. Yeah. I walk in, I might, and I walk in, I like re-lice all my room, you know, kind of wipe everything down because we're in Wyoming and everything's dusty. Mm-hmm. You just wipe everything down, get ready to go. And so if someone does walk in that second, I'm ready to work. Right. But I do need that few minutes in the morning just to center myself at work. Yeah, I like to have that. I like to have like five minutes where I sit down at my station and just kind of acclimate myself to that station again. Yep. Because, I, you know, like, and especially like on a day that, that where you've had a weekend and then, you know, like if you work Mondays or whatever day you start your week on. Right. Like I like to come in and sit down um, on that first day of the week and be like, okay, now I need to get myself in this frame of mind because it is a completely different frame of mind right. than when I leave. Right. Absolutely. And I think it's very important that you don't rush in late to all your appointments. Absolutely. Well, no, it's going to make you look like a fool. Well, plus you're not giving yourself time to prepare for your environment exactly so if you're rushing in like oh my god i'm here i'm here blah, blah, blah. your well, clients you already tend, sitting in the chair and and you tend to rush the rest yes, of the day you just yeah you haven't taken time to slow down and get into your rhythm right. so then your client is uncomfortable because they feel rushed right and everyone around you is uncomfortable because you're rushing everything right because you started your day off in a rush. Yeah, in a, in a panic. And, right. it, and it just induces everyone around you to become panicked. Right. And I'll even, I have mornings where I'm rushed. My daughter is the slowest person in the whole world. <laughs> and most days we're really good because I have it scheduled to where we leave the house by 8 o'clock. So even if we leave by 8.15, if she's having a really late day, I'm still here with plenty of time. Right. But there are those days where it's then snowy and... She's having a really rough day getting going. And there's uh, just, there's all, there's eventualities yep. that you have to prepare for. Well, so you, I always text, my, text or call my very first client. Yes. I'm like, hey, I'm running about five minutes late just so that they know. And I'll let them know, hey, my morning has kind of went crazy. You know, things are fine. You know, and most of my clients I know really well. So I can just be like, hey, my daughter's slow. And they just laugh and they yeah. know. And I said, I just need, you know, I'm going to be five minutes late. They're like, okay. So I get here, and if they do walk in with me, they sit on the couch. They're like, tell me when you're ready. Yep. They know that for their benefit, too, I need just a few minutes exactly. to center myself. And what's what's going to be really cool is that you'll start a certain way with the client, and then as that client comes back to you time and time again, you guys – necessarily they they won't be like your best buddy but you will be friendly it it will be someone that like when you're out in public you'll be like oh hey yeah you'll build a rapport with them. yeah and then when they see you like I have several clients that I will I'll be like at Walmart and I didn't see them and they'll come up to me they're like oh what are you doing right now you know like that you get that type of rapport with your clients in this business but if you're somebody who is you know very standoffish or, you know, or if you're really, really unprofessional and you make them uncomfortable about like what you're talking about. Right. You're sharing too much. Right. Like you overshare. Like those too gossipy. Oh yeah. Huge. And so you have to, you, you know, like you have to know your clients limits. What do they say? Know your audience. Yes. And you, you will become very good at reading people in this industry. Yes. Because, You'll have one client who you can't talk about really anything with. Right. And then you'll have another one who will, who's, you know, telling me everything Everything. I ever needed to know, plus some, which is fine. 
but our relationships are just different. Well, and you need to understand that you need to not be caught off guard. I have had several people, especially now, for some reason, um, as like in, in the in these last few years, and I think it's because the social media is such a huge thing, so people don't have boundaries anymore. Right. But like you know, I have clients who come in and they're just like, "Oh, you won't believe what me and my boyfriend did last night," and I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't want to know." Right. But I can't look at that client and be like, um, yeah, gross. Could you shut up? Right. So, you know, like I, you can steer them to talk about yes, something Yes, you have else. to steer them. But I also have clients who aren't steerable. Right. They want to talk about what they want to talk about. Right. So basically I just close my lips and let them blabber on. Right. Because it's important that they get it out. It's right. important for them. And no, I don't get paid like I'm a therapist. I think I should. But we all are. But, but we all. We were someone they can sit and talk to. But we all know. got into this industry because we have that empathet- empathetic part of ourselves that we can usually see when something's not good with a person. Well, and we want that person to feel better. We got right. into it because we wanted to help people feel better about themselves. Right. Or like that's one of the reasons I got into right. it. I mean, I guess you could into it for other reasons right and I have clients come in and I can just tell by how they're standing or you know they're just not as smiley as normal and they walk in and I close the door and I go what's going on yeah and they just will lose it and start crying and we get through their wax and they're like oh my god I just feel so much better they were able to talk about it and you know they really they're like I'm so sorry I like sometimes you just need a place and if you're okay with that then then that's fine. But you have to make sure that you're okay and you have boundaries also. Yes. And, and and that means, you know, just because they're sharing their sex life with you doesn't mean that you have to reciprocate. Exactly. Like it is, it does not have to be something that you're comfortable talking about. And if they're about. super gossipy, Ugh. you do not have to reciprocate. You can be like, oh, that sounds terrible. Right. Oh, that sounds like that was tough for you. Yep. Oh, that's rough. But you don't ever have to take sides. Don't no. feel like you ever have to make them feel diminished. Right. Because what they're looking for generally is just an outlet. Maybe they want to feel like you're on their side. So you can just go, oh, that sounds tough. And they do feel supported. Mm-hmm. But you do not have to get into the gossip. No. And it's best that you probably don't. And that's true. Because you don't want to become that person well and then you have to be careful of the advice that you give if you give someone advice and they take it and it backfires you're kind of screwed right because they're going to come back to you and be like you told me to do this and it totally screwed up my life and you're gonna be like well crap well and we're still all grown-ups so people have to learn to take responsibility like we've said over and over it's your life take responsibility for it exactly and it's going to be the same that with those clients but you really just need to learn what type of brand and business you want to be, and you will attract those type of clients anyways. Now and then you're going to get a rough one, but generally if you hand it very handle it very professionally, you can get rid of that client because sometimes you're going to have to fire a client. And we'll get into that at another point too because they may not be good for you right. and that's okay. Yeah, exactly. Or they could be not great for your salon, like they come in smoking, ter- like just reeking of smoke and come in with like really holy stuff on and you're just terrible, really loud and belligerent. 
it could be something where it's making everyone else uncomfortable and you've had a talk with them and they're like, I'm not changing. This is who I am. Yeah. yeah. Then you it has to, to be. Find, you have to find a way to then move that person to another place. But that is professionalism also. Yes. Because you have to protect your boundaries and those are your coworkers. Yeah. Plus, you cannot just start screaming and yelling at a client and being like, get out, I hate you. Like, because that, you know. Unprofessional. You, yeah. And word of mouth. Like, we get a lot of clientele by word of mouth. And yes. if your word of mouth is bad, yes, then you are not getting clients. And you have to understand, like, you may have just talked badly to one person, but right. that one person told probably like five or ten people, and then those people to- told five or ten people. Right. And so the minute that your name is mentioned, someone's like, oh, yeah, I heard she's like kind of a bitch. Well, and one happy client will tell, what, three? Yeah. And one dissatisfied person will tell ten. Yeah. So look at those numbers. Yeah. But you are not going to make everyone happy. No. So also don't think that you're being unprofessional because someone says, I need you to do this to my hair, and you say, I can't do that, that is absolutely professional. Yeah. If it is not something you can do, and it's not something... Don't pretend. Don't pretend to do it and then have them unhappy. Say, you know, I don't do extensions, but so-and-so over here does, and she's amazing, Mm -hmm. and refer them to someone or say, I don't know of anybody else, but I can't do that, and I cannot give you what you want. Yeah. And that is professional. Exactly. And that there are clients who, who like we've had problem people in. Like I had a client, oh, she was kind of your client too, mostly mine, but she was an alcoholic. A severe alcoholic. And she would come to our appointments at nine in the morning drunk. Yes. And she was somewhat belligerent. Oh, quite a bit. And then she would, she constantly no-showed for her appointments because she couldn't remember but then she would call at all hours, leaving you these crazy oh, messages yeah, yeah, yeah. and me I, messages and calling. I call was out of town that one time, and we were we had just got back into town, and it was 5 o'clock in the morning, and she called me on the phone. Well, and so this client, though she was very, very belligerent, yeah. obviously very drunk, neither one of us screamed and yelled back at her. Nope. We just told her exactly what our rules were, and then at one point, Heidi finally called her and just said, you know... You need to find someone who's more flexible with your schedule yep. and really kind of put it on both of us that we couldn't be we what be, she yeah. needed. We couldn't be what she needed. And that's basically what I said. I was just like, you know, um, I can't give you what you need right now. Like right. you need somebody that you can call and get in whenever, right. wherever, or, you know, someone who doesn't care if you don't show up. Like I can't give you that. Right. So, you know, you're going to have to find somebody else. And, and no, she didn't find it professional. No, it absolutely was handled very, very professionally, and she was belligerent. Yeah, she was. Her anger, I think, had more to do with herself and the fact that I'm probably not the first person who's had to tell her something like that, because I can't. I mean, I just well, and honestly, imagine. her drinking was a safety hazard. Like, yeah, it really was. It really was. Like she was. She was driving. Yeah, she was driving, and at the time, we were in a basement, and she was walking downstairs, like, and I guess got to the point where, you know, like, she's calling and changing her appointments and can't remember when she's done that, and it's, you know, it gets to this point where it's built up, and I and I had to, to <sighs> fix it because the people who were there before her or the people who were there after her were like, so can you make sure that 
she's not here when I come in next right, time. Right, because they don't want to come back because she has now made not only our scheduling and us uncomfortable, she has now made a client's uncomfortable. Yeah, and, and I can't have that. No. You know, I'm not going to keep this one client who's a giant pain in my butt Just and get rid of five other clients. Like, who are professional, yeah. treat you professionally, are always on time to their appointments, yeah. who are ideal clients. Exactly. And so that is a professional thing to do is to kindly get rid of a client. Mm -hmm. And that is okay. You need to do that for everybody's sanity. Yeah. And, you know, there are ways to handle it and ways yep. not to handle it. And yep. so, you know, really, you that also comes with knowing your client. You right. need to know your client. If your client is going to find it offensive that you've texted her, right? then don't text her. Right. If your client finds, you know, texting something that they do all the time and they would prefer it, then that's usually how I communicate right. with that person. It, and because texting is easier. Talking right. on the phone is not as easy. But I have older clients who want to talk to me on right. the phone because that is how they've lived. Right. And you have to be able to do that. But then I have older clients who love texting. Yes. They're like, this is great. It's so convenient. I don't mm -hmm. have to make all these phone calls. And it's great. And they'll text me and be like, hey, can I make these appointments? And they love it. Well, I think my clients, my the ones that really like me to call are a bit older than the ones that you Right. Have. Well, and I would bet because mine, I think my older clients are um, probably in their, well, 70s. And I think yours yeah. is in. My oldest client is in her 90s. And then I have one in her 80s. And then. And then 70s. Right. So, you know, like, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, what, she's like 92 and the other one is like 83 or 84. Right. Because, you know, at 92, you're not getting waxed. No, because you don't have any hair. Well, and your skin is thin. Yes, but you don't generally have a lot of hair at No, that you don't. It usually just kind of goes down to your face, which is sad. Yeah. We all end up with weird beards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's pretty sad. Um. But, you know, I, you ha there's just, you have to be careful with that kind of thing. You do. So, you, you know, you So the big point about this whole thing is make sure that you're professional. Yeah. Make sure that you build a brand and a business and you are the walking billboard for exactly. this business. Your actions, how you look, how you smell, how your teeth look, all of this. Well, you also need to understand like Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, yes. all of those things. If you are inviting your clients to like those pages. Right. They and need to your be professional. Yeah. And they're your personal pages. You have to be very careful what you're posting. You cannot po post a bunch of half naked pictures of yourself and expect your clients to not say anything about it. That's, right. Or to look at you differently because right. they will look at you differently. Right. You need to understand that. Like, I have a professional page. Right. So my clients are Facebook friends with my professional page. Right. And I will post stuff there. But I am not, like, my private pages? Absolutely not. See, and I have clients on my personal page because I don't share very much. I so I don't really – I have quite a few of them who have actually become friends. Mm -hmm. So they're on my personal page. But then there has become some of that – where then they're trying to message me to cancel appointments and yeah. different things where I've had to straight out tell them the only way I deal with appointments is through calling or texting. Mm -hmm. I or you can book online. I just I said I can't 
focus on all these other things. No, I don't want social media is not my whole life. I need you to do these. And there are people who do everything on social media. And we're not saying that that's not the way you should go. I just can't do it. I, you know, we weren't brought up with social media. So for me, I'm just like, that's one more thing I have to check. Well, and I offer online scheduling. So if you can do it online, you should just do it online. It's a great app. It's wonderful. Or call me or text me because I can't check a business messenger and my personal messenger and all these different things because I don't have the time. Yeah. I don't have the energy either. So I've had to tell those people, do not message me there because I won't answer. And so some of them have been like, oh, I said, so if you need anything for business, you need to text me or call me. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay. So I've had to set those boundaries. Yes. But my, you know, I don't worry too much because my personal page, it's not like some people's where they share everything. Right. Mine are more, you know, travel tips and cooking yeah, and recipes. I, so I, I don't post a ton of stuff, but it, you know, there's just, there are times where you're still a billboard. Well, you are. And yeah. there are times where I don't have control over what people post and put my name on. Exactly. So, you know, like I try to be really careful because I don't want to be involved in a lot of the political or religious right. stuff. Because that those can be really crazy sore subjects, and you have to be very careful right. around those types of things with certain people. Well, and so I have found that I've had to go and untag myself from different things that people think are really funny, and I'm like, well... I don't think that's funny, and I don't want to be associated well, with it. Well, even if I do think it's funny, I have, like, five clients who would not think that's funny. Right. And I don't know that the whole world needs to know everything. Exactly. You know, I think there's a little bit about keeping a little to yourself. Yeah. That's very important. Well, I, you know, I don't, I'm very much into um, when you have friends, you should see one another and connect not just constantly do that. Over. I don't need to post memes all over your right. your Facebook. Right. Like we need to sit down and talk, and yeah. that's and you important. will find that with clients, um, whether they believe that they need that personal t- touch or not, they do. Right, and you know, as humans, we need we need that physical and emotional contact with other right. with other humans. Correct. So you you know whether you are aware of it or your client is aware of it or not, you have to be professional enough to understand that there are places that you go and places that you don't, things that you say, things that you don't say. Because, and I'm an extremely honest person. Right. And there are times where, like, and my clients all know this about me. Right. If this isn't what, you know, like I'm one of those people who's like, if this isn't, if you don't want to hear this, probably you shouldn't be here. Right. But um, like, but I do still have clients, like my 90-some-year-old client. Like, we talk about like two things. Right. But she's very stuck in her ways, and that's fine. And there's no reason to try to change her mind. Right, no. You, you know what? She's just, 92. She's lived right. that long. She can kind exactly. of. And everyone can think and believe what they want, but she is not going to even have a discussion with you. No. So it's really just not even worth the fight. No. And so there, you just have to know. You just have to know the boundaries. And and I have to know. And like You have to learn to read people. Yes. There are times where I can look at a client and be like, well, I can't honestly tell them what I think because that Though they're be, asking. Yeah. Though that, they, that would be bad. Like, they will ask you, you know, well, what's your opinion on this? And you need to... Um, you know, assess the situation and look at your client because more than likely they're wanting you to agree with them. And if you don't agree, you know, but 
you know, like there are times where I've had that happen. They don't agree, you know, like I don't agree with what they're trying to say. Right. And I have to very, you know, carefully maneuver around that subject. And so a lot of times it's like, well, you know, I totally understand where you're coming from. You know, and I, I don't exactly agree with you, but I totally understand where you're coming from. Right. And so, it, you know, a lot of it is you don't have to not tell them you don't agree, but it's the way that you're telling them that you don't agree. Well, we are the original conversationalists. Yeah. And I think in this day and age, we need more of this anyways, where yeah. people feel if we don't agree, we have to hate each other. Yeah, it's a, no. Where we can actually have great conversations with clients we don't agree with. Yes. And still have conversations. And some of them, you'll actually get to points where you have really awesome conversations with them because they really love coming to you and they really like you. And then maybe they find out you differ a little and then you actually end up having conversations. Yeah. And maybe from that, they also then learn to have another conversation with someone in their family. Well, yeah. They're, you know, you can pass along understanding. Yes. So and it's really, and, it, and it's really important. And it's important that you do all of this in a very, very professional way. Right. You cannot get up on a soapbox. Nope. You cannot, you know, like you cannot look at your client and be like, you're stupid. Well, I do look at a lot of my clients and tell them to stop picking. Well, yeah, and they I mean, they know. I do get up on my soapbox about that because they're like, why do I have this big breakout? I'm like, really? Yeah. You know why? And they're well, like, I and, do. And that's the <laughs> thing, like, that's one thing that you can do. Yes, you, know, you can. Like, you, if it's about what you're doing, like, I have clients who've, like, bit their nails off, and then they come in and they're like, oh, my nails are really bad. And I'm like, yeah, you should probably keep them out of your mouth. Right. And they're like, uh. But you can kind of learn that. Yeah. So those are different. You're going to, and you're going to learn how to talk to people and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to say stupid things. Well, and you will offend someone occasionally. Yeah. And, and if you're professional enough, it. if you're professional enough, you can apologize and be the bigger person, even if it's not your right. fault. But you know, you, you, you are not going to get along with everybody. And no. so you, you will understand that as you become busier and you get more clients, you're going to be able to get rid of the clients that don't exactly fit with, you know, right. your personality or with. Because they will find someone they fit better with yes. and that's okay. Yeah. And it is okay. And there's no reason, you know, like I have heard people who, They'll, they'll lose a client and then they talk very badly about that client right. because they lost them. Or they, they beat themselves up and they're like, yeah. oh my God, what did I do? Blah, blah, blah. I should have been more flexible. I should yeah. have bent over And backwards. I've had clients who've texted me and said, hey, I found someone who will work on me on a Sunday. I'm like, that's great. I'm glad it works better with your schedule. Yep. I don't work Sundays. So I am very, very happy that you found someone who will work for you because that's what you need. Yeah. And- but you need to understand, like, you, you can't take everything personally. Mm. You're not going to get along with everyone. Not everyone is going to love you or your personality. Or, or even, your business rules. Yeah, or even, but even what you do. Yep. Even how you do it. Yep. So, you, you know, you have to then be forgiving because there might come a time in a year or two where they come back to you and they say, you know, hey, can you get me in? Yep. Or, you know, and so you're like, okay, well, we can try again. Right. But, you know... If you have bad-mouthed and talked very poorly about this person, especially in a place like where we live, you know, like there's... It's going to get back yeah, to Yeah, there's, them. you know, like 55,000 people here. So you're, you know, that's fairly small. Yeah, the chances of them hearing it are like 9 out of 10. Yeah. 
And so you don't want that because no. then, then what happens is you have an angry person who then talks badly about you right? because you talked badly about them and it goes on and on and, and it's on. all unnecessary. Yeah. So really what, you know, this whole podcast is, this episode is about is professionalism in your whole person. Yes. Because you are a walking billboard. Yes. So you need to look good. You need to smell good. All of that needs to happen, but what comes out of your mouth and what goes onto your social media and how you treat strangers at the grocery store, those, though they are in everyday life, the type of person you are, because you as a person are you as a business now, you are both of those things instead of just, you know, someone who works somewhere and they're just working a job, but as a person, they're amazing and they are representing their job, but when they go out, they're not really representing their company. Right, like people can separate this. Yes, is, but we know. can't separate. No. We are two in one at this point. And so if you go out and do something stupid, they're not like, oh, that was Heidi the person. They're like, oh, that's Heidi the nail tech. Or yeah, or, I'm just, not, or that's my nail tech. Yeah, oh, I'm not going there. And that's the thing, you know, you have to be super, super right. careful because if you're driving along and someone cuts you off and you're flipping them the bird. Right. And then and your name's all over your car. Well, even if your name's not all over right. your car. But and if then, it is. And then, they, you know, and then they come in and you're like, and they look at you and they're like, well, you're that bitch that flipped me off the other day. Right. Like you have to be more careful because it's possible to run into these people. Right. And these are the people that are coming in to you. Yeah. You're not some CEO sitting in a big high-rise office that will never actually see your people. Exactly. Or your clients. They're going to spend time with you. You are going to have to spend time with these people. So you are just remember that you are not just you need to be professional as a person no matter what. Yeah. And kind and a decent human. Yeah. But now as a business, you also represent all of your your whole business, all of your standards and boundaries. But also all of that reflects in your income. Yeah, it does. And if you actually want this business to succeed, you're going to have to make some choices. Yeah. And that's, you know, you are your business at this point. Yep. And, you and, you know. You are both one thing. Yep. And if, if, if you're flaky, your business will be flaky. Yep. If you're unprofessional, your business will be unprofessional. Yep. If you're the girl who posts p- topless pictures on her Snapchat and it goes around. Yeah. Sadly, people are like, "Oh, that's that hairdresser that or yeah. a stylist who posts nude pictures." Right. You know, it's just you are one and the same. So remember, as you're building your business, and maybe some of you are 18, right out of high school, you just finished cosmetology mm-hmm. school. Yeah, you want to go party and do some fun stuff, but you have made a choice in doing this career. Yeah. It's something you love, so why not build it into a business right away? You don't need, yes, go have fun. Enjoy yourself. Do some stupid things. Go to Denver and do it. Yeah, go somewhere because, (laughs) exactly, because realistically, you now have a reputation in both personal and business to uphold. Right. And the personal, a lot of times if you're partying at 18 and you go through college, no one's going to remember a lot of that. No. Because you're in college. But if you are a business, they will always remember it. Yeah. And so, you know, if you decide that you want to act like a jackass, you probably should do it in a different town (laughs) than the one you live in. Or, you know, think about it and try not to be a jackass. Yeah. 
I mean, we all have our moments. Absolutely, but but in the back of your mind, you need to remember what's important. Yeah, and and you know, and professionalism yep. that just needs to be always there in the back of your mind. Right. Is this you know would this be seen as professional? Absolutely. Would I want to go to a professional who acted like this? Exactly. So just remember those things when you are starting your business, and you will have built a very strong foundation for clients wanting to walk through your door. Yeah, and wanting to to continue to walk through your door time Absolutely. and time again. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, we will talk to you next time. Have a great week. See you later.